everything is so crazy. And I know that we're all bombarded by very serious news, very challenging news, and off, very often very bad news, especially over the last few months. But as in the spirit of the conservation conversation, we always think about moving forward. And so today we're actually going to focus on the good news because we can make a difference. And I know I always talk about revolution through routine, how you can change the world without leaving your house. And it's working. We can put pressures on companies both um, you know, to change their products, to change the way they do business, and everything else that we need in order to preserve our access to clean water forever. So today, we're going to look at actually very positive stories, and uh, I'm really excited. So I, I'm glad everybody is here today. And uh, as I always say, it's our world. Let's talk about it. Here we are. I love this part. This is where we I'll get all the comments on and everybody gets to talk together. Um, and uh, uh, Buna Sera, <laughs> which means good evening in Romanian. And, uh, you know, in Romania, there are amazing strides being taken to preserve the Carpathians. Uh, the, the, some of the uh, I think it's about two thirds of the old growth forest in Europe at the moment. And Romania, there's a lot of people out there fighting, and it actually is due to IKEA. So, all kinds of fascinating stuff. And uh, Andrea from from Romania, hello, Tepub, welcome, welcome, and uh, it's good to see everybody here today. So, yeah, you know, I, like I said, there's just so much going on in the world that everybody's just exposed to consistent bad news. But we have been fighting for a long time before everything got weird and wild. Uh, and internationally and all the borders locked down and everything. Before all that happened, we've all been fighting for so long to get access to clean water and to make sure that we have that right and to actually clean up the water that we have access to because as we've learned, that water is not as clean as it should be. So, um, you know, what I wanted to do though today is again, talk about uh, just positive stuff. Hey Nikita, thanks for joining. And hey Doug, it's good to see you, man. Um, yeah, so anyway, let's, uh, let's go ahead and just jump right in, you know, today. But, you know, as we're on pause for COVID, it's the perfect opportunity to reorganize our thoughts and our approach to move forward in a different way. Because what we've been doing is obviously not working. So, you know, today's quote uh, is from, of course, one of my favorite people, Jane Goodall. And she recently just said, if we carry on with business as usual, we're going to destroy ourselves. And this is true in every aspect, and it's a little overwhelming, especially when you're, you know, you want to save the world, <laughs> which most conservationists, environmentalists, most parents, most anybody on earth wants to do. We kind of, you know, want to pay that rent to the earth that gives us so much and is such an incredible place, um, you know, and, and some people are able to do it from their house and some people are able to do it in the field. Uh, yeah, and Doug, I know Doug's kind of a bit of both. Um, Doug works on ideas and also into um, into being out in the field. And hey, oh, it's nice to see you. Uh, it's great. Um, I just I just saw now one, uh, one of my friends from Cambodia joined us. You know, hey man, nice to see you up there today. Hey Colleen, another water warrior from Florida. And hey Camilla from the UK, happy you could join us today. So. You know, and by the way, next week we're going to talk a bunch about what's happening in Florida because, like, once again, it's a, it's a perfect example of the. Oh, 
Sorry about that, everybody. There's my alarm to remind me to take my uh, cancer medication, which I took before there. Another great example, you know, take the medicine, blah, but then I get to have a wonderful time talking to everybody. So it's always, um, you know, you got to go through the bad to the good. And that's the thing. Very often, you know, people get too bogged down in bad news, but we have to remember that the very concept of health is based on sickness in the sense, as Aristotle said, you don't know what it is to be healthy until you have been sick. So, you know, we've let the world operate as is, and uh, obviously it's not worked. So, you know, we really need to, to make that change. Um, anyway, let's, uh, let's just jump right in. I'm excited to say, so one of the things that I'm really happy about, like I said, revolution through routine. You can change the world without leaving your house. You know, companies, are the main polluters. We, we also have our fair share, but companies are the main polluters and we need to ask them to change things. Now, the problem is companies and us have a different language. You know, the companies, and you can't blame them for this, their job is to make products, their job is to make money and their job is to, you know, show an increase in profit when they meet their shareholders. So they only understand that language. If we come in and say, please stop killing the turtles, they just don't have ears for that kind of language. It's not, and it's, and it's not their responsibility to, but it is our responsibility to learn how to speak the same language as them. And one way we can do it is revolution through routine. Everything you buy in your house can affect the entire world. And that's not even an exaggeration. Your toilet paper, as we've talked about before, uh, is actually killing off almost all of the forests uh, up way up north in Canada. Uh, Kirkland toilet paper, actually. And by the way, quick side note, uh, if next time you go out to buy toilet paper, if you can buy recycled, say seventh generation, or if just don't buy anything that says soft, anything that is soft included in the wording means it's made from virgin pulp, which means they need a brand new tree to make the toilet paper, which is why we're seeing so much deforestation. So something as simple as wiping your butt can change the entire world. It's amazing. I mean, look, we, but again, the companies need to know what, we, what we're saying, what we want. You know, they want to know. Um, they want to know what we have to say. So we have a lot to say. And you know what? We got sick of always talking about plastics and problems. And we, a lot of people gave these um, petitions to Igloo and Igloo responded. And they actually made a cooler called the Recool. And it's made from recycled tree pulp. And it's biodegradable and compostable. So compostable and it's $10. Hey, Amy, thanks for joining us from DC over there. Uh, Amy does a lot of work um, with Fin Free and works on a lot of a lot of activist causes. So <clears throat> it's great to see everybody here. When am I going to be back to Cambodia? You know what? I am actually hoping to be back to Cambodia uh, either the end of the year or maybe the beginning of next year. Let's see if everybody, um, if we can get these borders reopened. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, you know, so yeah, we, uh, I, I can't wait. But anyway, I'm, I'm very excited. So the first thing, look, summertime, you're going to go out, you're going to have some drinks with your friend, you're going to go to the beach, just please go buy the recool. You know, who really, like you don't pass your igloo down from generation to generation. It's not that important. Lots of times people have them sitting in their, in their um, garages and it's like the kid's job to go clean them out from the spiders. You know, it's just not necessary when you have this new option. So Igloo, listen to us. And the reason I wanted to bring this up is it's a victory. We win. You know, we demanded a more sustainable approach and they 
are offering it to us. So it's fantastic. You know, now we need to go up there and we need to show them that we appreciate it. And we need to, we need to, you know, um, be behind their offerings to make sure that they think it's more profitable to cater to our tastes and our desires of sustainability. We can do this. And this, I, like I said, the igloo to me is a, is a great one. Oh man, I miss you guys too. I gotta say, yeah, Cambodia was one of the most incredible places I've ever been. The people there have such a warm spirit and they're so passionate about conservation. It is really beautiful. Like their hearts and souls go into defending the water and the land. And of course, there's a lot of difficulties there. There's an amazing documentary about the island that I, I was very privileged to spend some time on um, called Kosa. And you guys can actually go to it, the uh, Marine, uh, no, sorry, um, <laughs> I almost forgot uh, the, um, the MCC. Uh, but you can go to uh, Current C, C-U-R-R-E-N-T, S-C-A is the name of the documentary. You can Google it, check out the trailer. It is a beautiful documentary uh, and, and it's based on really the heart and spirit to fight and preserve nature. Uh, and it really takes brave souls to do that. And we know that, you know, from all around the world. So, and today we're talking about victories all around the world. So Cambodia is actually a wonderful example of that victory. And uh, yes, thank you, Doug. <laughs> Sometimes on my medicines, I do forget things, everybody. Marine Conservation Cambodia. Incredible. Marine Conservation Cambodia. Go check them out. I got to spend some time on that island helping them uh, protect the local MPAs. And believe me when I tell you that it is 100% a model of what I think every NGO should be. And they're inventive. They're caring. They try to solve the problems for the local fishermen as well as conserve the MPAs. And so it's a dualistic approach that's very, very incredible. And uh, we don't see it quite enough. And uh, these guys are absolutely some, some of my absolute favorite conservationists around the world. And again, uh, the movie's called Current Sea. Uh, Current Sea. Play on the words. Um, so, okay. But uh, let's go back now to... Uh, so anyway, so we're talking about, you know... Um, We've got, you know, that's and that's actually one great victory in Cambodia. They have actually been able to push back a lot of these trawlers. I was hoping to get somebody from there on the show, but with the time, it can usually be very difficult, but I'm still working on it. Thank you, Doug. Put it up for us again so everybody can see currency and go check it out. Uh, Google it. Go to the website. Um, you know, it's, it's outstanding uh, from what I've seen so far, and uh, it's really great. I got to speak to the director of it. And, um, you know, he has the same uh, understanding of the place that uh, the, that I was lucky to see. So, uh, you know, so here in the U.S., we have obviously a lot of battles. So, um, you know, like I wanted to say, the igloo, I think, is one fantastic one. Now, the next one is really impressive because this is a major company that doesn't usually listen to anybody. Now, this company, uh, well, first of all, let's talk about tennis shoes. OK, so tennis shoes are a worldwide problem, obviously. Uh, there was a study at MIT, which I think is fascinating. And that study showed that 25 billion shoes are purchased around the world. Imagine that. The majority of them are manufactured in China and other developing countries. Now, the researchers also found that more than two-thirds of the running shoes' carbon impact came from the manufacturing process, not the materials, which is very weird because you would think that generally um, the manufacturing process would be preserved you know, that would be an issue for, um, say, an extraction 
you know, where they're pulling out minerals. So this is very highly unusual for clothing. Usually clothing, the problem comes from what they're made out of. So these running shoes um, are creating an insane amount of carbon footprint and causing a lot of pollution to the places and the people that make them for the Western shoppers. Um, a smaller percentage arising from acquiring or extracting raw materials. So that's, I think that that's just crazy. So uh, the reason I bring that up is Nike decided they're going to help everybody and they gave us the Space Hippie by Nike. Now the Space Hippie is a step in the right direction, literally. It's 50% made out of recycled content. Um, it's all cloth, it's all recycled um, plastic pieces and they've actually reduced their carbon footprint in the manufacturing process. So it's actually a very holistic approach. You know, they, they, they did it in both ways. They did material conservation and they did air pollution conservation. So I really think it's cool. I, I didn't really hear about them before. Um, I know a lot of friends that collect sneakers, but uh, there we go. Nike has listened. And again, this is what's important. We have to remember revolution through routine can work because we are so many people. And if we just buy what we think will help sustain the earth and we buy out of that, these companies do adapt and it's really beautiful to see. Um, and if you can get Igloo and Nike to listen to us, we can get a multitude of other businesses to listen to. This is the beginning of the change. You know, um, like all changes, it's sort of a, I think a balance, you know, and you just take one piece of sand and you put it to the other side. Pete, Pete Seeger described it as that once. Uh, you know, there's like a little pile of sand on the balance. You just take one piece and you move it over um, and it's going to take forever. But eventually the other side's going to have all the pieces of sand and that's when change happens. So we are in that process and uh, it's really cool to see. I mean, Nike, they've never listened to us. Um, so Bruce Coleman, yes, vote with your dollar. Bruce, absolutely agree. Andrea had no idea about this. Yeah, I was I was really surprised. Super cool. And, and they do. They look really cool, like Andrea says. Um, so, you know, we can... So for everything, again, that's in your house, there's a worldwide consequence, right? If you buy your shoes, you didn't realize are creating tons of pollution in the air. And they're also creating tons of plastic pollution, tons of leftover rubber. Sometimes you're using animal hide, which uh, I personally don't buy. Um, Colleen says, my old footwear company used recycled scraps. Oh, that's so cool. From other footwear manufacturers to make our soles. Also, all of our uppers were made with natural and recyclable mineral, minerals like wood pulp and wood pulp waste and hemp. Oh, that is great. See, that is a beautiful, inventive approach. I love that. Um, Colleen, is, is that company still in business? Can, you know, can you give us a link or any companies that you know of that make shoes like that that also will give us wonderful options? Because um, I personally probably could never afford a pair of Nikes. <laughs> so, you know, I tend to buy other types of shoes. Um, but I'm always looking for something that's eco-conscious. It, it's very complicated, but lots of places are starting to do it. So, uh, let's see. All right, good night, Cambodia. Thank you. Thank you for being on, man. It's really nice to see you on here. And uh, another water warrior from Cambodia. Um, so, you know, now aside from companies, listening to what we have to say amazingly enough the judges are starting to listen to what everybody has to say and this is really important because now we're going to talk about how policy can impact people on a more um, on a larger scale 
you know, and and getting people to change policy is really challenging because most of the time way things go is the way things are. Uh, Camilla says or Andrea says most of the time we have shoes we don't wear much. Exactly. That's a good point. So many people have five, six pairs and they just sit there. You know, this is the, the solution would be perfect. Uh, Camilla says try and stay away from fast fashion brands. Yeah, good point. There are so many, mostly teen clothing, uh, often horrendous labor and environmental impacts. Absolutely. I agree 100 um, percent. And Camilla, you bring up a really good point. And I'd like to bring everybody's attention back to uh, the app that I use called Bycott, B-U-Y-C-O-T-T. Instead of boycott, it's Bycott. And it's voting with your dollar, like Bruce says. And you go to there and you can actually type in all the things that, that your ethics are desired with what you purchase. So, for example, child labor laws, um, you know, uh, child exploitations, um, you know, uh, people exploitation wages, fair wages. You can actually type those in and it'll come back and let you know if that UPC code meets those those or not, because all of these companies do have to report these things and are recorded and have been intelligently put together by Bicot. My mind's always blown by those guys. Seriously. Uh, Colleen, um, we wicked hemp went out of business due to tariff uh, wars, but you can find them at hempus.com. So uh, that is awesome. Thanks, Colleen. I'm actually going to go and buy some of those because I need a new pair and I'm always looking for shoes I like. I generally wear Sanooks because they're fair trade, but some of their materials can still be challenging for me. Um, so hempist.com, hempist.com. Um, that sounds awesome. And I love that idea, you know, so we can still have the things that we like and need, but we don't have to destroy the world around us with them, you know? So a lot of, um, you know, but, but again, as a unified voice, we can make a change. And this is what's beautiful about all these companies making changes. I even bought my first bamboo toothbrush. I had no choice. I had to buy it from Colgate, but I didn't know Colgate made them. And I'm really happy to see that they did. I personally wish I could have supported like more of a, um, a natural company, but you know, I was in the grocery store. It's all we had. So uh, I was able to at least get that. No more plastic, you know? Um, the Hempus sells all hemp-based, eco-friendly products. That's perfect. And I love that. You know, um, hemp is, is one of the most important. And actually, you know, I should do a whole, we should do a hemp show. I think that would be fantastic. Colleen, I'll talk to you more about that also. Um, because there, I mean, there, there's, look at that. There are so many um, ways that we can, like I said, have the things that we need, but in a way that there's no harm comes from it. And, you know, you feel nice about that. You can really, you know, at the end of the day that you didn't harm anything in just getting by day to day. So, uh, you know, now we've had, okay, awesome. Yeah. All right. It's on. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah. We're going to talk about that. I would love to do that. Um, you know, because it's an important thing. And, you know, I learned in Romania, it also used to be, um, an open crop and that crop was a, a very good crop for everybody out in the country. And they used it for clothing. They used it for, um, everything, you know, incredible. And, uh, we all have to remember too, that it was used as medicine, um, here in the country and still is as CBD, which I take every day to help me with my spasms. And I love it. <clears throat> if you haven't tried CBD, let me know and uh, I'll get you like a discount way that you can check out the first one. Um, you know, I just I, I just personally recommend it. Like it's one of the best things in the world and it just naturally will heal, help heal you. And it's really important, you know, we're all out trying to heal the world, but we have to remember to heal ourselves too. 
because we're the ones out there and you know the world is us you know we're, we're all tied together and if we're all sick and running around sick we're not going to be able to heal the world or change healing heal healing the world uh colleen says hemp is nature's miracle crop yes over a hundred thousand uses and cleans the soil it grows in see it's perfect and i i heard rumors that it might be um being allowed to be grown in florida soon um and so okay so now uh you know, when we all, like I said, you know, it'd be great is if we could start to force all of our clothing companies to give us an option to, um, oops, to give us an option that we can have hemp clothing. It'd be perfect. Now, one of the major victories, when we're talking about eco victories, we cannot go without talking about the Dakota Access Pipeline, where the judge recently ruled that they have to be shut down by August 5th. Now, I know this will get redone but this is a massive victory because it came at the exact time as the victory for the Atlantic Coast Pipeline. I don't even know if everyone knows there was an Atlantic Coast Pipeline that was proposed, but it would have seen right, right through there, cut through West Virginia, Virginia down through North Carolina, and then bled out to the areas that would lead out to the Chesapeake Bay and Atlantic Ocean. So Javier, hop, good to see you here. Yes, so, so we had the two, so, you know, again, the Dakota Access, the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe, congratulations. You all have been fighting for years. They have been tear gassed. They have been attacked. They have been assaulted. They've been killed to stand up for the land. And this is a massive victory. And this was, victory was actually bought with blood. And hats off to everybody that was there. Hats off to everyone that could support them because this is how things happen. And that's the passion that I find worldwide. I find this passion with everybody. You know, we're, we're reaching a critical time now where everybody understands the importance. And so Dakota Access, gone. Atlantic Coast Pipeline, gone. Keystone XL, gone. Beautiful thing about this is with the Keystone XL, they stopped their uh, a very important permit they needed. Now, but what they did, though, to do this is the judge actually canceled what's called a Nationwide Permit 12, which was a concept to streamline and get everybody drilling. So the NWP 12 is a general permit under the Clean Water Act, and it acts as a loophole, and it allows excessive toxic authorized discharges. So that's a massive issue, and I bet a lot of people didn't even know that. There's like 15 pipelines going through, you know. Um, now... The judge only stopped the Keystone XL in this particular moment, and several other pipelines have gone through, and we will hear more about them in time as the groups right now are forming to stop them. So again, I just want to say, Standing Rock, Sioux Tribe, you are an inspiration. Amazing. You did it, and it was a hard-fought victory. It also came with the Atlantic Coast Pipeline that most people never heard of. That was stopped, luckily, by a judge, as well as the Keystone XL pipeline stopped by a judge, which I think is uh, such a beautiful, um, beautiful, beautiful story. So um, let's see. Let's get everybody back here. And uh, hey, yeah, massive victory, says Vicky. Absolutely. Uh, hey, Dirk. Nice to see you on here. Hey, Hannah. Thanks for joining. Um, you know, so we're, we're seeing now that people's voices can be heard. So we can be heard both economically, right, with what we buy, and that's how Igloo listened to it. Nike, you guys got Nike to listen to us. And 
that is incredible. I know everybody's been pressuring Coca-Cola to stop using plastics. They're one of the next ones we can get. But if we can get Nike, why can't we get Coca-Cola to change? This is a, an amazing victory. And I think, you know, they're so rare in conservation and environmentalism. Most of the courts and laws are designed to keep these businesses rolling. But we are the ones that throw our bodies in the gears. And we have to make those changes sometimes. It just has to happen. And it's a very important time because we are now doing that as, as a group, as a world. We're speaking up and the voice is being heard. Um, and you know what's great is, uh, hey, Paula, thanks for joining. Um, you know, now the other thing is, is like we go back to the Jane Goodall quote that really started us off, which is uh, if we carry on with business as usual, we're going to destroy ourselves. Now, you know, that goes to the products we buy. It also goes to, um, you know, what we were just talking about now, um, you know, with changes in stopping these pipelines and stopping this exploitation of natural resources that will eventually end up poisoning us. And the third part of it are other countries trying really experimental things. So in South Korea, they've actually determined that by next year they want to have solar panels on all public buildings and one million homes, which I think is so cool. Um, and what they've also done is they added this 20 mile stretch of solar panels on top of this. It's a bicycle path in the middle of the, the freeway. Uh, I know everyone in L.A. is like, what? I would never ride that bicycle path. But that's already there. Uh, you take an underground tunnel and you get to it and then you ride the bicycle path. So what they did was they just topped it with solar panels. And they have a goal, like a, a, an idea to generate 35% of all of their electricity completely from renewables and get rid of natural gas and fracking and all that horrible stuff. Get rid of the oil industry. Get rid of all those dinosaur things. And I think it's very forward thinking, and very, very impressive. Um, then we have, uh, amazingly enough, Air France. And this is, this is all brand new news. So we have a wonderful week to celebrate. Uh, Air France announced on Thursday that it was joining Transavia, Malaysia, Airlines, Norwegian, Cebu Pacific, Fly Dubai, and Atlas Air in implementing open airlines sky breath system for its flights. Now, what the Sky Breath does is, uh, hey, Hanno, thank you for joining. Sky Breath <clears throat> is an AI program that allows them to completely track the efficiency of every moment of the flight through the black box. Yeah, cool, huh? And this new partnership will help Air France, Air France slash their emission level by 50%, which is incredible. Um, now, you know, some people might say, well, that's impossible, blah, 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 whatever. They're doing it. Everybody's trying to find a new way forward. Back to Jane Goodall. You know, we have to find a new way forward. The way that we thought up until five months ago, it no longer is applicable to what we have going on in our world. It's a very, very crazy thing. Um, so more things that I think are wonderful changes. Uh, just this week also, another victory Grizzly bears, finally. Now, they are an endangered species. And uh, I found in Rome they have the same problem where what they're trying to do is preserve them through hunting. And what they're saying is um, we have a low number. You now have to pay us to come in and hunt. And this is the model they use in a lot of South Africa. And the problem is, is you know, with the grizzlies, we can stop this before they start that model. We don't need that model. But recently they reversed the Endangered Species Act about the grizzly bears and allowed them to be hunted. 
just this week the judge reversed it. Yes, wonderful victory uh, for the Grizzlies here. So, um, and this was in Yellowstone, actually, uh, where they were planning to go hunt these grizzlies. And they're endangered. I mean, this is not, I believe there's 2,000 left out of 50,000, and they live in very small, specific um, six areas up in the Northwest, in the grizzly. Uh, that's all that they have. Um, in Romania, Romania has the largest population of grizzly bears. Uh, but also <clears throat> the most amount hunted. So they are also trying to find ways to find a peaceful resolution. And the environmental groups like Greenpeace are saying, please just protect them. And the government's trying to make money saying, well, but if they hunted them and they were, you know, then some money. So this is very often the problem with the Endangered Species Act is that it, unintended consequence, puts a very high price tag on an animal. And if a government is corrupt enough to allow that animal to be imported, and I'm using the example right now of importing ivory and rhino horn, black rhino horn, into the United States. They are undermining and they are then paying that price and saying that, yeah, your animal is worth more to us dead than alive. And it's not the thing that we're trying to teach everybody around the world. It should be the other way. Ecotourism should be the number one thing. You know, um, that should be the way that we move forward. So complications right there, you know. Um, anyway, uh, one thing I did want to say is um, this isn't a new thing, but just as another example of how we are listened to, they are now making, instead of plastic, they are making beach toys from 100% recycled plastic materials, mostly milk containers. So I will, uh, oops, I will put that I'll put that link on there for you guys if you want to go check it out. Anybody that's got kids, um, you don't have to buy plastics to get them stuff to, to take to the beach. Another victory. Again, uh, these are all victories. So the pipelines were a huge victory. Now, this one is the one that we've kind of been saving. Um, <clears throat> the pangolin scale was removed from China's traditional medicine list. Now, the pangolin is the most smuggled animal in the world. Um... And they are harmless. They're terrified. They're cute. They roll up. Uh, they're eaten. They're killed for Chinese medicine. Um, they are the number one smuggled animal in the world because of this. They're taken from Africa. They're taken from other areas. Um, and they are smuggled. A lot of times when uh, either I was involved or other friends of mine were involved in stopping illegal fishing boats, very often... They don't just illegally fish, but they transport and smuggle these pangolin from one country back to China, whatever the country is. Um, so it's a worldwide problem. And by them being off the list is a huge step forward. So what happened was China published its Chinese medicine, basically like um, its, its encyclopedia of Chinese medicine. And for the first time, the pangolin was not listed. Now, as Doug says, uh, by the way, unfortunately, I don't think there's any place to see currency online. Oh, no. I saw it when it was shown at Mountain Film Festival. All right. Well, you know what? I'll be watching out for currency. And when it does come out, everybody, I'll make sure to just uh, put it out and, and put a link on it, even on my website, because I, I highly encourage everybody to, to watch this. It brings up great, um, you know, because these guys are fighting illegal fishing and trawling, which sounds like a topic far away, but... Once we understand it, it's our topic as well. 
you know, the world is, is part of us, you know, we're not just in the U.S., so... Um, Camilla, yeah, I love the cute babies. Exactly. This, I'm so, I'm so happy um, that uh, you know that the pangolin has finally found. This is one of the cutest pictures of the little pangolin too. Uh, I'm sure he looks like some sci-fi character. I can't think of at the moment. Um, you know that, uh, but yeah. So that this is just a lot of victories, and the reason that we're ho focused on that today is because we don't talk about victories enough and we have to hold on to them. Uh, Doug says they share that event with the pirates that happened when we were there. Oh, that's oh, that's so cool. I didn't know that, Doug. <clears throat> yeah, Doug, we, Doug and I, yeah, we had quite an adventure when we were on that island. Um, you know, uh, we had quite an adventure and it led to police interference and uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was, we were fighting on the water and then they came back and brought the fight to the land and uh, everybody stood up like warriors and it was just really amazing. I was ever so like, I'm just to this day, it, you know, it keeps me inspired um, that that kind of passion lives out there, you know. And uh, Tracy says, I love pangolins. Yeah, Tracy, I know they're the cutest little things and they are so harmless. They're so harmless and they're so important. And uh, thank goodness, you know, I do think that, you know, this, I think often Chinese medicine can be overly easily demonized. So I don't want to make it a cultural thing, but I do want to say they do have some recipes that obviously a lot of us would not be comfortable with. And the problem is, is it creates a demand. Like for example, when I was in Cambodia, I went out <clears throat> for a night on a, on a uh, ship and these guys were crab fishermen and we went out on the ship and it was crazy because we're out there in the middle of the night. And there's no, I mean, the ship is just flat, you know? So we're all sleeping on the flat surface and the trawlers are out and they're like, these guys are worried because the trawlers try to hit them at night and bust their ships. A lot of people get killed uh, out. And these are the poor people. These are the ones that maybe will get 50 cents a crab. Excuse me. Now, they found three seahorses that night and they hung them in a noose and hung them to the side of the of the boat where they were slowly uh, dying, um, gasping to breathe, you know, with a noose around their neck, each one individually tied up by a rubber band noose to add insult to injury. And um, we were so torn up, you know, and, uh, and, and we were able to talk them into letting us buy them. But they said to us, listen, they're worth... $5 a piece for Chinese medicine. So that's a direct example of how an unintended consequence can, can bleed into our lives and what is happening in our waters. You know, and, I, and you can't, I mean, look, these guys are very broke. They're very poor. They're feeding their families. Poverty, I think, is one of the situations that we need to address if we are ever planning on cleaning up our planet or saving animals, you know. Um, very often, it's it's a result of poverty and and... And because only through that absolute poverty do you end up having that necessity and you really cannot blame people that are surviving. Um, and that's why holding companies accountable, I think is a better approach because they are the ones that have the money and the ability to change the things that are offered to us on everyday levels, you know? Um, and we can make it happen, you know? And Erica says, thanks for speaking of the good things in life. Yeah, Erica, of course. I see you have a K in your name also. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> I don't see that very often. So, you know, and again, 
you know, everything, we have to remain positive because you have to remember that we've been battling for changes and we're seeing them in this particular Two weeks has been a huge like blitz of wonderful news. So I know there's always things that can be a little hectic and crazy, but let's just remember that what we're doing is working. You know, um, you're not gonna see it on the news and you're not gonna really see it too often. You're probably not gonna see any memes about it either, but it's working, it's working and it's working. And we can see that because our options are changing. There's even things like avocado made mattresses. You know, everything is changing over. So. It's a perfect time and a wonderful time for us in this pause button we have right now on all of our societies to think about how we can move forward sustainably, you know, um, without having to just continue this single use consumer lifestyle that we started in the 50s. It's not that old. We think it's been around forever because we were born with it. But, you know, uh, it's not that old. Like people in the 30s didn't have a single use life. They were still farming and eating things and farm to table. And, you know, they were still um, concerned with their resources. You know, it always blew me away when I was in when I was in the Asian countries, especially in Vietnam, was when you go to these markets and they bring, say, like 10 pounds of corn. You know, and I think to myself, how do they know that that's what they need? But they know because they feed their people, their community, their village, their area. They know how much people eat. And that's something beautiful about that that's been lost in our food system. Uh, our food system that broke down recently and, uh, you know, suddenly everyone's starving. And then there's all this other food like potatoes and stuff. And, and because the system's not working, nobody's able to eat. And it's just absurd, you know. So we need to find new ways moving forward, I think. And, um, you know, today I, I hope was an inspiration for everybody because it was really exciting for me to see that these changes can be made are being made and are well within our well within our reach you know uh, and I'd love to know what's happening in in everybody's areas as well um, you know because I know that everybody's fighting some kind of a thing here uh, Brett uh, so on point brother thank you for positive perspective thank you Brett appreciate that man you know look <clears throat> it's like I said goes back to the Aristotle idea right like you only know what it's healthy if you've been sick so We've had a sick environment, we've had sick waterways, we've had a sick country, we've had a country embellished in all kinds of sicknesses, not including COVID, but like thinking back on all the heart diseases and things that we have as a way of our, of our, of our, of our being, you know, um, it's, it's to, to just take, 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 take. And we're finding this new beautiful connection. And, and, you know, even if us old people aren't necessarily on board, it's okay, because the kids are seeing it. And the kids are doing it and the kids are making the change and they're starting to understand that we are all connected. And if we understand we're all connected, we understand we have one voice. And if we have one voice, we understand that voice is bigger than any company, even if it's a Fortune 500 company. It's just a company, you know, it can change uh, and it can change and it will change. If we all put our dollars and speak the language of the company, you know, again, they don't have sympathy or empathy or anything. That's not their job but we can find ways to show them that we'll buy stuff that we want to buy, not what they're forcing us to buy. So Camilla says, thank you always for being bright spot in the landscape. Thank you, Camilla. You know, it's a wonderful, wonderful. Um, I, I love, you know, I really missed everybody, you know, I not being for the, the last few weeks have been very difficult for me. And, you know, I needed these stories as well because, um, you know, I've been going through a lot of very personal difficulties recently. And, 
my big bright spot was knowing that I was going to come back and get to do the show. And then I started looking at all the stories and I thought, this is an incredible time we live in. And of course, it's a critical time, you know, but that has such a beauty to it. We get to live when it counts, you know, like not every generation gets to say that, you know, I mean, not that every generation doesn't count, but the world, I think scientists are estimating that by 2050, we're going to be losing a lot of our access to clean and natural water, you know, and privatized water. This is something that really we can, I think we can really, you know, work towards and change because between now and then, us and the next generation and the next generation are the three generations that are going to be battling, whether it's at the local county commissioner's office meetings um, or it is, you know, on a bigger level, trying to change laws. Everything can be done. So I'm very excited. Uh, next week, we are going to be talking about PFAS, which are forever chemicals. Now, forever chemicals are important because they're an international issue. And um, if you're thinking about Teflon, non-stick and all that good stuff, um, that's exactly what we're talking about right now. We're talking about the leftovers of many, many industries that are polluting our waters and giving our children cancer and getting us sick. And we're going to have Stell Bailey back. Uh, a lot of you will remember when we got to talk to her on our Florida episode. We're going to have Stell Bailey back next week, and we are going to talk about PFAS and we're going to talk about how to make a change in your government. And, oh, you know what? I'm so crazy. Before I before we go, I have to really, really, I really wanted to also, uh, hold on one second. I wanted to share with everybody something that I think is one of the most impressive things uh, also of this year. And I want to bring it back to something that's local because, you know, a lot of times, um, you know, we think on these... Um, you know, we, we think on these um, international levels, but we do have to remember that local levels is where we make our huge impact. And that's why I'm excited to talk to Stell, because we're going to talk about how Stell was able to bring the attention to um, to the government level and from there really start to affect change. So one thing I wanted to share with everybody is, again, congratulate all of my friends down in Florida who were able to get the shark finning bill passed. That's Wilson McCourtney. It's my friend Stephanie Brendel. That is everybody that worked down there together. Uh, you guys are amazing. You passed an incredible bill that everybody said you could not pass, and it's going to help protect the sharks all around the world. And it's a huge victory. It is a huge victory. We have many more battles to face. It's a huge war ahead of us, but it's okay because as we have seen it works. You know, it works. We're here and it works and they're listening to us. They have no choice. So it's, we love that. Hey Dave, good to see you, man. And, uh, yeah, this is, this is great. So yeah, anyway, very, I, I'm very excited to talk to you guys again next week and to bring Stell back. She is an amazing, amazing cancer survivor. And, uh, she and I have a lot in common about that. And, um, you know, it's very important to both of us that we find ways to clean up our act in this country, literally clean up our water, Water is a disaster, and I'm just going to throw it out there right now. You know, uh, no matter what distraction or what is happening at the moment or what is going on at the moment, we do have to remember that currently all inspections, all environmental protections are suspended, and all inspections are suspended indefinitely in the United States. So 
what's in your water you don't know per se but we're next week we're going to talk with stell about what she found in the water and how she made a difference because we can all do this you know uh we can all do this um doug bender says california ab 3030 percent 30 preserve 30 percent of the land by 2030 oh doug that sounds great thank you um doug is very involved by the way in conservation politics and um there's a lot of great things i can say about doug but one thing is he's always actively fighting for a better future you know i mean and that, that's what's beautiful i mean honestly when i look at all the names and i see everybody here i see nothing but a lot of warriors that are putting their every day even just your sanity <laughs> right of having to deal with this stuff every day and think about it and take it upon yourself to fix it for children you don't even know that won't be born for another 50 years. Um, you know, that also is the success story and is the beautiful story. And that is how we actually change the future. So just as much as we've changed the, the, the businesses, we've made our changes. We've personally made changes within our friends, within our neighbors. You know, every opportunity we have, we get to talk to them. You know, people, when they come in on negative stuff, it's a wonderful opportunity to because they're already they're there. Just open the door and say, yeah, but, you know, um, I know for a lot of people, it sounds very idealistic. But remember, every time you run into somebody who's very negative or you have a conflict, it's a perfect opportunity and intersection to open a door for a conversation. And just like the title, the conservation conversation, you know, conversation is what we need right now. It's the only way we're going to bring the world back within our own reach. So, uh, yes, California AB 3030. I'm going to go Google that right now. I will put the link up as well. Uh, thank you for that, Doug. I appreciate that. Um, see, there's, and that's the beauty. There's always something to learn, and there's always something local that's going on that you're able to get involved. And no matter what, your neighborhood, I guarantee, no matter where you live, it is, <laughs> there's Vic style, or punch them in the throat. Um, no matter where you live, your water is being exploited <clears throat> legally. And you don't have to work so much on figuring out who the bad guy is, but what you have to work on is figuring out how to close the loophole that's causing the chemical damage to your tap water. You know? Um, uh, yeah, Vic, Vic, I punched him in the throat. Vic, I want to have you on too, uh, because, um, yeah, Vic does a lot. He's got a lot of energy, and he's just out there always fighting for a, a, a better tomorrow. Uh, Vic's kind of a, um, you know... Uh, more of like a um, frontline, like karate guy. <laughs> He's ready, you know. Vic's ready to throw down if necessary. Um, you know, so that's why I love talking to him all the time. But his passion is unrivaled. And I know Vic, you know, um, because of your, your son. And you really brought into focus the future. And I know that you are working on tons of projects right now. And I love that. And... Uh, yeah, exactly. Vic's trying to stay low profile. Um, Doug says, pass assembly and Senate. If you live in California, call your state senator. That's fantastic. Okay, thanks, Doug. I'll definitely put that out um, if I need any way. And I'm going to call them as soon as I get off the show, actually. Um, you know, now, oh, and that reminds me, too. I wanted to, I, I did want to say, everybody, I'm very excited. Look, next week, um, there's a lot of very fascinating, you know, when, when you travel, you get to see this wonderful mirror to your own culture and to your own approach to life. And when I was ever working on my anti-logging project in Romania, I got to be exposed to a lot of aspects to the culture there. So I've made some conservation conversation 
uh, projects, and I'm going to be airing them next week. I'm very excited. I hope you guys like them. They may just sound like nonsense. A lot of them were done um, with jet lag, but I found aspects of their culture taught me a lot about my own and even offer new solutions. And that's the thing is when you look at other cultures, you learn new solutions. Look at Air France and their approach. It's fantastic. We haven't joined it yet, but maybe we can. You know, uh, look at look at Seoul. I mean, South Korea's approach is beautiful. We haven't got there yet. Maybe we can. You know, there are interesting approaches internationally with different minds, different ideas approaching everything. Um, and I think that there's some really good things we can come out of there, you know. Um, and oh, I also wanted to mention to you guys real fast, we're going to head out. I'm excited to announce that I've been doing some more work with the guys at Peace Vision. And uh, I've talked to them about a couple more topics. And I'm actually working with them right now on uh, a project that you guys will all see pretty soon, actually, uh, as well as a couple more podcasts. And I'm really excited because I get to do environmental reporting for them. So, um, but you know what? It's sunny out there. Uh, the lockdown is lifting for us. And next week, we're going to be in Romania. And then Friday, we'll talk to Stell. The week after, we are going to be just out live and doing live episodes from the field, talking about different topics. And then a special guest coming up after that week as well. So I can't wait to catch up with you guys more. Thank you, everybody, for being here. Remember, even though it's not going to be picked up by your news channel, there's nothing but good news in the eco world right now. And everything that's bad news is just an opportunity for us to brag about having some good news down the future. So we can do it. We've done it. Uh, there's no question in our minds. So I love it. And I love being part of this team with everybody. Thanks. Thank you so much, guys, for being here. Uh, as always, just my favorite part of the day. So thanks thanks for being back. And like I said, if you, if you run into a, um, a conflict with somebody, remember, it's a wonderful opening to walk into a conversation. So... Anyway, you guys all take care and I will see you all next week. Have a wonderful Friday. Have a wonderful weekend. Um, find some peace. Find some happiness. You know, center yourselves. Enjoy. And just, you know, remember, like I said, you know, we've got um, many battles ahead, but it's okay because we have many victories under our belt. All right. It's our world. Let's talk about it. Thanks, everybody. See you soon.